Hey, She Slays listeners. Before we get into the episode, I want to tell you about one of our sponsors, the Focus Academy. So you know chiropractic can help kids, but you lack confidence in your knowledge or communication skills to educate parents in your community. I've got a solution for you. The Focus Academy gives you the training and education to understand the why behind those wins and challenges you're seeing in clinic. They teach you how to perform a full brain-based exam, how to go beyond just the subluxation, but stay principled in your chiropractic approach and address and understand the consequences on brain development. They take a two-pronged approach. First, clinical solutions taught in a way that gives you full access to a deeper and more comprehensive understanding and breaks those techniques and approaches down into digestible and practical steps. Second, right now strategies you can employ wherever you are in your training. You'll learn how to seamlessly ask and answer the big questions in your clinical exams and re-exams and have it actually inform the whole child approach and care planning in a way your patients will understand. And since you're a She Slays listener, you'll get free access to the Focus Academy's Kickstart program. Just click the link in the show notes to get started on your journey to improving your practice. Hey, She Slayers, and welcome to another episode of She Slays the Day podcast. I am your host, Dr. Lauren Brunslick, and today's episode is exclusive, exclusive access uh, to a talk that I gave for Sublux Nation, which uh, is a virtual summit for chiropractors. And it was last year's summit. There's going to be another one this year, but you only got to listen to this talk if you registered last year. So my thoughts, because I'm speaking at this one's coming up in a few weeks, my thoughts is that you're going to listen to this episode and be like, wow, Lauren was so good. I can't wait to hear what she says this year. And you register. Uh, before I give you more details on it, though, I have to share my experience in church last week. So as chiropractors, um, I will joke that or I won't joke like I'll I'll tell guests who are non-chiropractors when they come on I'll be like hey who you're not a chiropractor our audience is all chiropractors you should know they get really distracted with certain things if you don't add, um, acknowledge chiropractic as being used and so here's a for instance okay so I um last week yeah it was last week we had a fertility expert on. It was a great episode. But before we started recording, I said like, hey, FYI, uh, what are your thoughts on chiropractic? And she's like, I love chiropractic. And I was like, okay, so when you're talking to the audience, um, make sure you bring up that, like, I was like, do you recommend chiropractic to like the women that and she's like, oh, absolutely. And I was like, okay, make sure you say that because all the chiropractors listening will not likely be able to truly focus or trust you unless they know, but also do you recommend chiropractic? And she was like, oh, okay, I get it. So anyways, back to church. So <laughs> we're in church and I, I swear I was listening. It's going to sound like I wasn't listening, but in my defense, like I said, as chiropractors, we get distracted. So he's talking about, I think it was in Romans and something about like the pains that you experience on earth are nothing compared to the like reward that you will receive in heaven. And so he's breaking this down. He's doing a great job talking about like, um, you know, the financial pains, the, the grieving pains, all that stuff. And then he kind of gets to like the physical pains. And at the end, there's like this opportunity for people to come up and be anointed and prayed over. And he's talking, um, 
and he's like talking through all these things. And then he's like, and then also I want to make sure I invite all of the people who are living in chronic pain. You all know exactly where my brain is going with this, right? Um, and he's like, you know, like know that one day in heaven you will have this like uh, heavenly body, pain-free. And it's also funny because there's another chiropractor in town that goes to the same service as me. And I like kept looking over, we have a great relationship. And I like kept looking over at him, like wanting to make eyes, like, did you bring your business cards? Um, he was very focused. Like you're supposed to be in church on like, you know, Christ and not marketing. Uh, but also, and it wasn't even just a marketing standpoint. I just wanted to be like, okay, but hold up. Uh, also, in addition to your anointing, have you tried a chiropractor? Um, because you can live on this. Or you don't have to wait till you die for that heavenly body. <laughs> Blue Hills Chiropractic. Um, yeah. So anyways, I, I am assuming I am not the only chiropractor. Like, seriously, you know, like you're at a mom group and you overhear this mom talking about like, oh, my gosh, she just keeps getting ear infections. I, we've tried everything. And, you, and you're in your head going like, have you tried chiropractor? Have you? Have you? But then, oh, gosh. But then even if they say they've tried chiropractic, you have to like question, but have you? So I have a, I had a new patient literally yesterday that, um, very nice guy, extremely nice, healthy as a horse until 50 years old in his mind, like no pains, no problems. And in my brain, I'm going like, did you go to a car? Okay. Yeah. Um, twisted wrong, herniates discs, all this stuff. And so he's telling me about these last three years and how, like, this is kind of his latch-ditch effort because he heard we were a little different, but he's even tried chiropractic before. He's not even sure. And so I'm talking to him, and I'm like, he's done physical therapy. And I'm like, okay, so you said you've done chiropractic. So when it first happened and you, you're, you like, your low back and you're having sciatica and bulging discs, like, how often did you go or how many times did you go? And he's like, oh, like, like six and I was like, oh, okay. Like, how often were you going? And he's like, well, the guy just told me to come when, like, it hurt and I thought I needed to, but I'm in con I was in constant pain, so I didn't really know. So I don't know. I just went, like, once a week. And I was just like, hmm. So this guy's been walking around for the last three years being like, I tried chiropractic. That didn't work. What's next? And luckily, he's retrying chiropractic. I just, you know, and I'm not going to bash the guy. Like, it's a small town. I know. Like, I, I asked, like, oh, who'd you see? Okay. Like, just kind of making a mental note. But, like, that happens. That happens to people where their kid has ear infections and they go to some chiropractor that doesn't really feel comfortable with kids, maybe, and says, like, oh, they don't need to be adjusted. And that person in their mind goes, okay, cross off chiropractic from the list. And it just kind of ticks me off, you know? Like, I don't know. It just, get all passionate about it so yeah anyways how'd we get to this who knows okay let's do a listener highlight 
So today, this is from Tula Cairo on Instagram. And she said, ah, I just finished your latest episode. I seriously feel like you can read my mind. My husband and I just had the conversation about planning for pregnancy, and I had no idea where to start. So thank you. Whenever I'm looking for answers for my new practice, there you are with a new episode answering my questions. Yay. Um, thank you, Tula Cairo, for just taking the time to send me that note. It, I've told you guys all before, it's, it's lonely sometimes podcasting because you're like, hello, are you out there? It's me. <laughs> Is anybody listening? Um, so it's great when we put an episode out and y'all say like, hey, that was helpful. Because I'm like, thanks. Because I ask sometimes at the end of episodes, I'm like, was this helpful? Did anybody get anything out of this? So I love it. Okay, so back to today's episode. Um, today's episode is a uh, exclusive re-airing of my 45-minute speech on uh, social media. Yes, I, you've heard a lot of social media stuff, but I promise this is what we call a pen and paper grabber. Grabber, pen, or paper? What I mean to say is you might want to have some pen and paper for this episode. Kirby listened to it in editing it, and he's like, Wow, she told you you had 45 minutes and you filled it with information. I'm like, yeah, that's that's what I do. I just spew as much helpful information as possible. So please have pen and paper ready so you can take notes. This year, it's going to be even better. Well, I don't know, even better. I thought it was pretty good last year. At least as good as last year. It is definitely not going to be worse than last year. <laughs> If that's not a sales pitch for you to register for the Sublux Station 2021 Chiropractic Summit, I don't know what is. As At least as good as last year. <laughs> oh, I should have gone into marketing, yo. Okay, so some of the speakers this year, Devin Vrana, my girl. Like, gosh, if you have not heard her talk, if you've not met her, she is the tiniest human with the biggest heart and passion. I'm pretty sure she's an Enneagram 8, so you know. Um, there's Sean Dill. There's me, Tim Young. There's Courtney Gowan, who was just, or, well, she's going to be on the podcast. I interviewed her already. Um, but she's going to be on the, on our show. Brian Dooley, Billy Sticker, Krista Burns, Robert Delgado. Like, there's a great, great lineup. Um, Nona Javid, always delivers. So in the show notes will be the registration link. So the date for this is December 4th and 5th. So it's coming up here. Um, it's 8 to 5 p.m. Pacific and it's all online. So you can watch it from your couch or listen while you're grocery shopping and doing all that stuff. So it is $19. I know. I know. Somebody might make you pay to get inspired on a Saturday. How dare they? But nobody's getting rich off this. Actually, all of the proceeds are being donated. Um, so don't worry. Nobody, like I said, <laughs> don't worry. None of us are getting paid to do this. So the link will be in the show notes. So let's see. What else we got to do before we get going? You got your pen? You got your paper? We good? Anybody got any questions? No? Nobody? All right. Let's pray. Breath in. Breath out. Find that hard space. Relax your jaw. Connect 
being thankful for people <laughs> in this profession that give back and are here to inspire you in your town to light a fire under your ass and go out and spread the chiropractic message via social media or in real life, IRL, hashtag IRL God. Um, thank you, God, for people who find time to do things like this. Um, thank you for the listeners, people who donate their Saturday and, you know, want to be better. Um, as we know, there is such a, there's such room for improvement in the area of communicating chiropractic, chiropractic, <laughs> and helping people, those that are searching for answers who want, are desperately want a, a solution. They don't care if it is a rain dance. They just want to know, can you help me? So fill these chiropractors with confidence that chiropractic is amazing. It is a gift, a drug-free gift that brings so many people out of misery. I feel as chiropractors so often we just don't realize the place that people in chronic pain, in chronic anxiety, chronic asthma, chronic insomnia, chronic IBS, we tend to live such healthy lives that it's difficult for us to remember how desperate people are to live a better quality of life. And we're afraid to tell them that it's going to take three times a week for four months and $2,000. There are so many people out there just desperate, would hand over like twice, three times as much just for the hope that they can avoid surgery, just for the hope that they can be present with their child and not have chronic migraines. And we just, we just forget. We just forget how amazing. So thank you, God, for this gift. Thank you for these people. Thank you for the speakers. Um, in your name we pray. Amen. Okay, crew, it's, it's me speaking next. Uh, so I hope you enjoy. And don't forget to register. Okay. Thank you so much, Nona, for the introduction. You guys, I am so excited today to be here. Um, however, 2020 allows us all to be here. Um, so big thanks to Dr. Nona for providing this space for things like this to happen. Um, because I feel like chiropractors, we're different. Like we really seek this connection with each other. Um, and, you know, so however it looks, I'm happy to be here. Um, I'm also happy to be here talking about the topic that I'm talking about that is social media. I feel like a lot of times when we are thinking about philosophy, chiropractic and inspiring patients, like social media is kind of like, wait, what? We're gonna talk about that. And I'm really excited to hopefully elevate this topic for you um, and you know, bring something to the table. So I'm gonna start with a story. About five years ago, after I'd already been in practice four or five years, I actually had to learn how to say the word subluxation in my practice. Now you might just go like, wait, say what? Yeah, so I was in practice for five years having completely avoided 
saying the word subluxation. It wasn't by accident where it's like, oh, wow, I just never got around to it. Like truly where I went to school, it wasn't their fault. They taught subluxation, but like it was kind of a divisive word. And I was on the other side where it was like, I don't want to say that. So the first half, I got away with just being very symptom focused, kind of doing the whole you've got a bone out of place story. We still talked about deep things in my clinic. You know, we were helping with stress and colic and reflux and all these things more than pain. I just didn't use the S word. So you may go like, okay, well, what happened five years in that you changed? Well, we were transitioning from about an 80% insurance practice model to 100% cash. So where I live in Wisconsin, Medicaid is really, really awesome. And the county I live in, the median income is 44,000 for a household. So it's a very socioeconomic, low socioeconomic area. And going from like, your care is gonna be free to it's gonna be $40 or more if for the whole family to come, it was a big undertaking. I needed to start talking about true chiropractic, like at this level that I had never had to communicate it before. I was having to start training my patients on like value and talking about vitality and this life full of maximized potential that chiropractic care could offer. And it was a big shift for them emotionally and financially, obviously. And in order to take it on, I needed to put on a pair of chiropractic pants I'd never worn again or worn before. And that was being a subluxation chiropractor. So you may think that this was just like, okay, snap of a finger and decide one day I'm going to start using it. It was not the case at all for me. Um, because like I said, it wasn't coincidence. I hadn't used this word. I had like a visceral response to saying this word. And it's really funny because now I'm fantastic. But like five years ago, that was not the case. I had to stumble and choke out those syllables the first few times. Even like with my own staff, I'd be like, um, so the patient has a subluxation at C1. It's almost like that uh, college freshman who has to like learn to like the taste of bush light. Like they know their life is going to be better and way more fun if they can learn this skill. But in the beginning, it's kind of hard learning to have it flow off the tongue. So like I said, no worries. Now um, I'm doing a lot better. Uh, it did take about six months though, six months of me feeling like an imposter, feeling like I was mimicking other chiropractors. It was, it was awkward. So like today I, I would tell like the grocery store manager, like you have a subluxation in your flow. Can I help you? Um, that's a whole different personality situation of me though. Um, but like in the beginning, it's really important for you to know that it was awkward. And I felt like a kid playing dress up. So you go, okay, so why are we talking about this? What does this story have to do with social media? And I tell you because you don't really have a choice on whether or not you want to participate in social media anymore. Um, if you want to get more people under chiropractic care, then you're going to have to feel awkward. Um, you're going to need to put yourself out there in a more vulnerable, vulnerable, empathetic, and honest way, keyword vulnerable way. And in the beginning, you might feel like you're mimicking others. You might feel very inauthentic. Um, that's okay. In the beginning, you might feel, 
feel like you're choking up the words. You're kind of seeing what other chiropractors are doing on social media. And you're like, I, I don't feel very comfortable here. And I just want to get that out of the way. So that stops being a reason that you level up, that you show up in 2020 as the full potential chiropractor inspiring people and bringing them towards chiropractic that you can. So let's take a step back. I'll introduce myself a little more. Um, my name is Lauren Brunswick. I am a graduate of Northwestern Health Sciences University 10 years ago. Don't hate on them. Like I said, they were teaching subluxation. I just must have skipped those classes. I don't know. Um, I've been married for 10 years. I have an eight-year-old and a five-year-old, and I run two highly successful cash pediatric and family-based clinics in teeny, teeny towns of Northern Wisconsin. Now, when I say teeny towns, I don't mean like we only have 50,000 people. I mean that one town is a whopping 8,500 people and the other is 2,300, is small. So when I first started talking on stages back in 2012, it was kind of difficult to even figure out like how to fill 20 minutes. I was like, what do um, now? I have a weekly podcast that I'm the host of and getting me to shut up in anything less than 60 is hard. So um, I'm going to talk really fast and try and get it all in today. Hope you have your pen and paper ready. So using social media, um, about seven years ago, I created the most organized collaboration of chiropractors across a state, a state to come together all together, competing with each other, instead working together for a once a year pediatric campaign that happens in Wisconsin. Using social media, I built a nearly million dollar practice built on families paying cash in a very low socioeconomic area in rural Wisconsin. And using social media, I went from barely anyone knowing who I was to over the course of 16 months, having one of the most, if not the most downloaded chiropractic podcast of the year. And those numbers are actually happening despite the fact that it's a podcast just for women. So we, we let the men listen sometimes, but you know. So what I need you to hear is that this is not to say that I have this down perfectly. Um, what social media is shifting so fast, what the consumer is seeking and what they are looking for to fulfill them and inspire them and keep them um, learning, it's changing. What I would have talked about to you six months ago is different than today, and it will be different six months from now. Um, we're just having to constantly learn and adapt. You can fully stock all of my accounts and scroll back, and you're going to see that I've made all, every single one of the mistakes that I'm going to tell you not to do today. It's on there. I leave it there because it's important. It's important to like be able to see that like, yeah, we're not perfect. And if you thought that you needed to be perfect to show up and have an impact, that would be a huge lie. So if at any point today I come across like a know-it-all or judgy or make a joke, I'm sorry. I have kind of a brash personality. I'm not judging you or shaming you. I love you so much. Um, so just let that be known. Okay, so let's address some of the major problems that typically um, people have with social media and kind of get them out of the way so you're not sitting there going like, Mrr. Um, so one of the first ones is that social media is a waste of time. Now, most people, when they say this, they don't think that it's a complete waste of time from an advertising standpoint. They literally mean, I am wasting so much time 
learning social media and trying to like post things and it's not working. So more towards the end of the talk, we are going to talk about planning your content and how you can be prepared and save hours and hours of time because you are correct without goals without a game plan without kind of knowing what you're doing a little bit it can waste a ton of time another problem that people have when we start talking about social media is that it's for young people it's for like 20 somethings who are dancing and making fools of themselves and lip syncing um social media gets a really bad rap that that's what you have to do I was talking actually to a patient in clinic yesterday. He's a 50 year old, like he's the school police liaison and he has a social media account. We're talking and I'm like, oh, you can make that video doing TikTok. And his initial thing right away is like, I'm not going to dance. And I had to explain to him that like, oh, you don't have to dance. And I walked him through like what he was originally planning and how that would work on TikTok. And he was like, oh yeah, that is great. And guess what? That's where the high schoolers are that he's the school liaison for. They're on there. So. Are there plenty of people doing stupid stuff on social media? Yes, that does not mean you have to. And I don't encourage you to unless that's authentically you. I mean, you do you, boo. If you want to dance, you dance. But we do need to be grateful that those people exist on social media. We don't, we don't want to hate on them. Because what they're doing by being silly and not trying to educate people or like get people a message and just by dancing and doing trends, they're providing basically slapstick entertainment um, and comedy for people. And that is what people are kind of on social media for, is to numb and be entertained. So where we saw this kind of happen more recently is Facebook started with college kids, right? Well, then it opened up to everyone. And now your grandma, your Aunt Kathy, like everybody's on social or on Facebook. Well, what happened is, is like the younger kids, they didn't want to see their Aunt Kathy's political views anymore and all of these things. And so they kind of moved to Instagram and Instagram was just pictures. So they didn't have to deal with people saying their opinions and all this. Well, then, then comes the business owners and we're like using Instagram to reach them. And then all of a sudden TikTok becomes a big thing. And so, and guess what? The business people are going to TikTok also. But we, what I'm saying is, is like, be grateful for those very purposeless posts because it's keeping your consumer on that platform and you just get to sneak in with your message and inspire them. So the third major problem that people have with social media um, is that it's really addicting. It kind of goes against everything that I feel like chiropractors are for. We're about like getting away from screens, get outside, connecting human to human. And social media is kind of the antithesis of all that. In fact, last night, my husband and I just watched The Social Dilemma on Netflix. It's a documentary basically on how terrible social media is for us. Like it's a great like documentary. You should watch it. Talk about a terrible pep talk though. By the way, uh, the night before a speech I'm going to give on social media and I'm just like, oh great. I'm so excited to inspire people that they need to use this. But this is where the people are. They're there. These are people that we want to get an inspiring message to. Back when Mr. Rogers was on air, people were really concerned with the idea that television was ruining kids' brains. Like, legit, very concerned. Um, you know, Mr. Rogers, this was also his thing. He's talked about kindness and being outside and humans and not like sitting and zoning out in front of a TV. 
He delivered his educational unique message where the people were. At that time, it was TV. Today, it's social media. So having to learn a new skill and learn a new app or, you know, up your game and follow your audience in their progression as a consumer, this is not a new thing. You see, it started like advertising kind of started with the newspaper and then magazines and then billboards and posters, then come radio and TV, then telemarketing and direct mail. In 1985, desktop publishing comes on the scene. So now all of a sudden print advertising just exploded because the brick and mortar businesses now could like start making ads. In 1995-ish, 96-ish, um, search engine optimization comes on the scene. So now that's where you need to be focusing your time. You need to like make sure that when somebody searches you on Ask Jeeves, it comes up. You need to be there. Figure it out. Figure out the technology or pay someone to do it. Then a little later comes blogging. Um, blogging was huge. Without a blog, how is your patient going to know you? You really need to be blogging. Then in 2000 comes email. So now it's no longer good enough if you're in their mailbox or if you're on the radio with them on the way to school. Now you need to be in their inbox. So figure out how to craft an email and how to get the email. Then 2004 comes social media. Um, soon after that, now all of a sudden there are some bigger shifts. Like things start happening very rapidly. So if you were on the email scene earlier, now 90% of email is going to spam. So now you have to like relearn a system you already knew and figure out how to overcome a hurdle. Then in 2012, the amount of people who are on social media like goes up to like 75%. LinkedIn is really popular. That's how you do that. You need to have a LinkedIn account and then Instagram and then TikToks. Today, like 79% of Americans regularly log into a social media account daily. So the idea that we shouldn't have to adapt and chase our audience to a new platform is not and never has been true. We have been doing it since advertising was a thing. So that's not you wanting to avoid learning a new skill. That's just you letting something get in the way of sharing your message. So we're just going to get that out. We've been doing this forever. It's not cheesy to go on social media. This is what we need to do. We need to adapt. Because I got bad news for you. If you think that you're going to be able to hold out until the post-COVID world, and you're going to be able to return to the same marketing things that were working for you besides social media, your in-person events of dinner with the docs, um, you know, like that. I'm just going to hold out and I'm going to keep doing the same things that I did right before COVID. I have something to tell you, like right now people are being spoiled. They are getting cooking lessons, learning Spanish, taking anatomy lessons, workouts, botany advice, all on the internet for free in their pajamas. We're in the process of creating a very lazy society and they're, they're going to be hard to bait out to those stress talks um, just with the offer of like free dinner and drinks. So if you haven't started to think about your goals and how well your social media is working for you, 
now is the perfect time to start honing your mission. You're not behind. You are not like, it's not too late. Now is perfect time to start really thinking about your mission and your message on social media, get more congruent, streamline things so you can begin capturing the attention of your ideal audience and convert them to chiropractic. So in order to keep you from wasting a lot of time, um, one of the most important things is making sure that you're very clear about your goals with your social media account. So many people listening to this likely have a social media page for their business, um, whether it's Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, all of them. Most of you will likely have at least a Facebook page. Um, but the goal is making sure you have specific goals behind your content is really important. So, okay. So what are some goals that you should have? Your goals for your social media should always be to talk directly to your audience, directly to your ideal patient. And that can and shift a little bit depending on the post. So like sometimes I might be talking directly to a stressed out mom and sometimes I might be talking directly to a pregnant person, but that is the goal. Talk directly to your audience. My goal is to earn trust, um, to really come across as a human. So this is where I say like, you don't need to worry if you authentically are a silly, like this is how I show up for patients. I don't like put on a blazer for my patients because they want to see the real me. The goal is to entertain them while educate, to inspire people that there's another option. There is something missing and you have it for them. Talk about what the goal is not, because this is, again, this is another area where people get all like, I'm not going to do the social media thing. The goal is not to get 10,000 followers. It's not even to get 5,000 followers. Um, most of the time, brick and mortar businesses that have tons and tons of followers, those are not paying people who convert and pay your paycheck, okay? I don't care if an account has 500. That's great because you can make really good money and convert people to chiropractic with hundreds of people. You don't need thousands. Um, another goal that people get really confused with, like you don't want a bunch of chiropractors following your account. Um, you don't need to be the most popular chiropractic clinic amongst chiropractors. Again, they're not paying your paycheck. You don't need to be dancing. You don't need to be lip syncing. Let like the kids who are playing the game and trying to get the followers and do that, let them do that. Like we already said, they're there, they're serving a purpose, they're allowing this space for us to come in with, a, I don't want to say something more meaningful, <laughs> but your goal is to worry about potential patients, conversions, dollars, okay? I don't care if you have 100,000 people, like 99,000 of them are not likely within your geographic ring then what does it truly matter? Okay, I mean, yes, you're educating them, but we're talking dollars here. So the goal is to be all those things. You want to be trustworthy. You want to be entertaining. You want to be educational. You also want to be vulnerable to your audience. So how do you get the people? Like, how do you get the people who are going to convert into patients? To that, I would say you're putting the cart before the horse. So I'm going to quote one of my very favorite movies of all time here when I say, if you build it, they will come. 
Can I get an amen from any baseball players? No? Lovers? No? No? Okay. Uh, so anyways, what I'm saying here is we need to focus on your content first. And in the beginning, that can be weird because you're like, but no, I only have like 100 people who follow me. Like I posted something and it, the analytics told me 26 people saw it and I put all this time into it. And so it seems weird to focus on the content, quality content before you focus on the people. But here's why. Once your ideal patient finds you on social media, they're going to do what society has trained us to do, and they are going to binge watch your information. Uh, binge your information, look at all the things that you have on your page. So this is why it's really not a bad thing at all to be focusing on quality content long before you start worrying about tactics to get more eyes. Now, here's a little like, we're going to do a little sidestep here and talk about something that people on social media like to hate on all the time. And that is the algorithm. I shouldn't do air quotes. The algorithm is a real thing. Um, it is an equation, but what people do is they go like, I made this great post. It took me a long time and I have a thousand people who like my Facebook page, but it, the algorithm only showed it to a hundred people. So people get frustrated. They think ah, they give up. Okay. So I have a little more bad news. I promise we're going to stop like hating on you. If you think that the algorithm is the problem, that's not the truth. Your content is the problem. Here is what the algorithm does. It is a machine that's only goal. It doesn't have, it doesn't hate chiropractic, like doesn't have a problem with you versus a physical therapist or a medical doctor. It has no qualms with anything. Okay. That's not true. If you start talking vaccines, I have a feeling some kind of algorithm is going to downplay you. Um, but Basically, the whole point of the algorithm is to keep the consumer on the platform for as long as possible. That's all Facebook cares about. That's all TikTok cares about. It's all Instagram cares about. Keep people addicted to what they have. So what they do is you post something and this algorithm, it shows it to like your most interacted with followers. Most accounts have, you know, like five to 10 people who like and comment the most. So it kind of tests it out on them. Now, if they comment on it, like it, share it, save it, that tells the algorithm that this is potentially interesting information that other people would like. So then it will share it with the next string. Now, these are the people who are not as familiar with you. So you really need to be, have good content to go in past this next ring. If it performs well at that next level, it will show it to even more people, to a larger ring and audience of people. And if it is really, really good and continues to do well, that's how something goes viral. I don't really care about going viral. We already talked about this. I don't care if 100,000 people see your post. Is it good for chiropractic? Yes, it is. Like, so do great content. If you go viral, fantastic. It's good for all of us. Thank you. Love you. But ultimately, I don't want you to stress like, oh, only this many people saw it. That is just a mental game that is going to keep you from showing up consistently. So what should you be posting? So I'm going to answer this question in one word. If you get anything from this entire talk, I've already said this word multiple times, this is the key to social media and you and your brick and mortar business, be entertaining. So 
In the early 1900s and 2000s, um, the consumer was controlled by marketing firms. Basically, what we were seeing, we didn't have an option. We couldn't fast forward through television. We had to sit and watch commercials, read magazines. Like we, we were just there to be controlled by marketing firms. Now, all I have to do, I mean, yes, we know we can fast forward. Most of the time, there's not even commercials if you pay to upgrade. Now all I have to do though, if I'm on social media as a consumer is tell Facebook that I never want to see this again. If somebody posts something that I don't like, all I have to do is click the little three dots and say, I don't like it. Never show me this again. The consumer has all the control now and our consumer is overstimulated. They are overexhausted and they have like this much attention span. By the way, can we just laugh at the like the fact for a second that the only two industries where somebody is called the consumer is on social media and like in the illicit illicit drug industry, like just kind of fun. So anyways, so let's talk about how to make your content entertaining. So first and foremost, um, one of the ways is I want you to be predictable. Now, this is going to sound really counterintuitive. You might go, that sounds not exactly what I thought you were going to say. So here's why. It's the same reason that people will binge an entire season of something now instead of watching one episode of this, then one episode of a different show, then one episode, like, right, that's how we used to watch it because, like, a new episode or show would only drop on Monday. Now, an entire season drops. We've been trained to binge. And the reason we do that is because once we experience a brand, we understand and learn how that makes us feel. And if we like the way it makes us feel, we keep coming back to that to feel that way. So this doesn't mean that you can't have like a sappy testimonial that pulls at their heartstrings and a chiropractic meme on the same account. Like you can make them laugh, you can make them cry, you can make them feel things. It means that you really need to identify the drums that you're gonna bang on um, and bang on them consistently. Like in other words, decide what your lane is and stay there. And unfortunately, deciding that chiropractic is your lane is a little too broad. So what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna encourage you to spend some time putting pen to paper and coming up with nine to 12 categories or buckets that you're going to cycle through in your content. Um, this is gonna save you so much time later when we talk about how to not waste time on social media, okay? So for instance, our clinic's buckets are things like a patient testimonial, a cute baby getting adjusted, a pregnant woman complaint, um, or like, you know, a baby complaint, how we serve the community, a tip or trick or hack, a quote, research, here's a vitamin, here's a staff member, like a did you know thing. So like we, you have those, um, depending on the type of chiropractor, you know, it might be like kinesio tape, you know, whatever it is for you, it doesn't matter, pick your buckets, you can change them later, it's okay, um, but write them down. Because later when you're like, I don't know what to post, she said I'm supposed to post consistently, what you'll do is you'll look and go like, okay, well I've posted this, I've posted this, oh, it's been a really long time since I've posted some research, let me share that. So here's an example if you're like, I don't really think that this matters. Let's say that you follow Disneyland's account. 
and you often see balloons and smiles and new attractions and cotton candy. And then one, one day, all of a sudden, um, Disneyland posts something about liberating the people of Rwanda. And you're like, oh, snap. I didn't see that coming. Like, all right, that's, that's cool. And then like later that week, they post like five ways to use a grocery store rotisserie chicken. Like, it's confusing as the consumer and a uh, consumer doesn't want to be confused. They want to be entertained. They want to be able to predict how you're going to make them feel. Okay. So second way to really make sure that your content is entertaining is keeping it about them. So what I mean by that is we as chiropractors tend to make it about chiropractic and we're the chiropractors, so therefore our content is really about us and how I can help you. So what I say is use the word you and your as many times as you can in your content. Go back, you know, like write something and then you go back and you're gonna replace the dialogue. So this would be the example of how we help kids focus in school with chiropractic. That might be the name of a video. Instead, are you worried that your child isn't at their peak capability in school? Here's three, three ways you can help them achieve greatness. That is how we like to hear things. We like to hear you and your, it makes us like be all self-centered and stuff. So go back through when you're writing things and like really phrase it from like how you can take power, how you can do this. So a good example and don't hate me for saying, bringing up this example, big pharma commercials have been doing this for years and just nailing it. So when they were making commercials, like it makes sense. What were they gonna do? Talk about how the drug works and like what it does to us. And like, oh, and here's all the weird, like, no, no, no. The last thing they actually wanted to do was talk about how the drug works. So they learned that all we have to do is show people little about the drug and more about the life the person will have with the drug in their life. And like those people are living their best lives. I mean, I saw one where like, I don't know if the guy became an archaeologist or if like once he got his psoriasis under control, he felt like he empowered to become an archaeologist. Either way, he was digging up a dinosaur and I was like, did you just stumble on this site? Like what's going on? It doesn't matter though, because people watching it are like, I will live my best life with that. They weren't saying like, all right, the drug decreases this, it does that, it stimulates this. Nope, that's not what sells. So we've transitioned in marketing away from talking at people and more to talking with them. And when I say them, I actually mean one specific person, talking with them, starting a conversation with them, making it about them and getting them to come and interact. So this means that not every post is going to be about calling people to start as a new patient or getting on your schedule. So when you think about your social media, I want you to think about give, 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 ask. And no, sorry, a new patient special, it, it's not giving, it's asking. The consumer sees that, your ideal patient sees that like you're giving them a discount, but it's really so that they can start as a new patient. You're asking them to start as a new patient. So giving means demonstrating hacks, tips, stretches, things that are for 
them that doesn't require them right now to start care with you. This is where the entertainment piece comes in, is that it's not a sales pitch, it's educational, and you're showing them ways to make their life easier, showing them ways to make their life less stressful. So this is where your audience is going to find you because when you post something that's truly helpful to them and is about them and not you, they're going to want to remember that. So they're going to save it. Even better, they might send it to a friend. Guess what? We've already learned about the algorithm. What do you think that's going to do? That's going to stimulate the algorithm. Like, hey, people are are reacting and responding and engaging and interacting with this post. They're sharing it. Let's show it to more people. So as your followers send it to other people, now you have new friends and hopefully new followers. So where are we? Number three. <laughs> Number three is keep your content visually stimulating. Um, and this is where we go, oh, so wrong. Please, please, please. Can we retire the blue half-naked man doing the question mark with the red hot pain on his neck and his low back? Like, it was great. It's, it, we were going to retire him. Thank you. Love you. You've served your purpose. Um, at the same time, we're going to actually go ahead and retire the stock photos of families who are not your families, who are like walking and laughing through a field. So I'm, I'll admit I've, I've done these things. Like I told you in the beginning, go back, look on my account. You're going to see stock photos. You're going to see us doing way too much asking, not enough giving. So when it comes to visually stimulating photos or content, really we want to see action. So that's where like a lot of the stock photos, like were successful as it's families laughing and doing things. It's not like posed photos. We want to see well lit photos in focus photos. So later when we talk about content planning, this is going to be like making sure that if you, you don't have a lot of windows or natural light in your clinic, you better figure out how to get some better lighting. You might need to spend 50 bucks on a ring light because yeah, you might feel stupid. Like you're like, I don't want to bring a ring light out to take a picture of me adjusting this kid. But a poor quality photo, you might as well have not even gotten the picture because like it can be that um, disarming to people of like, ooh, it actually makes them feel negative things. So another way, you know, people want to see smiles. They want to see eyes beaming at the camera. They want to see joy. They want to see the emotions that they're seeking in their life. They want to get trust from you. They want to understand who you are. So you're going to gain more trust from your audience by posting a photo of you helping a senior citizen through shoulder stretches than you would posting a photo of you, like your headshot with your blazer and your red tie and a blue background. In the headshot, they don't learn anything. They knew you were a doctor. This is a chiropractic clinic. Like they, you're the owner, you're the doctor. You didn't need to convince them of that. They don't know if you're nice. They don't know if you care about people. If you post this photo of you interacting with someone and teaching someone, they go, that person, that doctor cares. They look nice. They look trustworthy. So it's so much more educational to them to see you interacting versus just posing. So fourth way to really make sure that your content is entertaining is to deliver it a variety of ways. Now you might go like, 
hold up, I'm gonna stop you. You said keep it predictable and now you're saying variety. So what I'm saying is the message, your buckets will stay consistent, but how you're going to deliver it is not. So I said that I would have told you something six months to a year ago, much different. We would have been having a very different conversation about social media. Gone are the days where you need this very social, perfect social media palette where all the photos are just like gorgeous. Now, yes, they do need to be in, <laughs> they need to be crisp, but like we don't need this organized thing of just photos. If you look at some of the people who are doing social media and adapting the fastest, we don't want to see perfection. We want to see videos. We want to see lives. We want to see memes. We want to see boomerangs. We want to see TikToks. We want to see reels. We want to see blog posts. We want to see all of it in one. We don't just want photos. And really, video is king right now. I don't know what's going to happen six months from right now, but like, if you can turn a picture into a 30 second video, a 30 second video, a three minute video, it's going to do better. Okay, so those are the four ways to keep your information entertaining. And we're gonna need to streamline this because like we said, you could waste a lot of time, a lot, a lot of time. So how to go about not wasting hours and hours is one, I recommend that you start with a theme for the month, okay? And I don't want you to, on the fifth of the month, start the theme for the month. I want you like the middle of the month before to start thinking like, okay, so in November, we are going to be all about inspiring gratitude and gratefulness, whatever your theme is. Maybe it's about a new therapy you're doing. Maybe it's about you, maybe you're hired an associate. So the entire month is gonna be about introducing your people to the new doctor, whatever it is. So once you have your theme for the month, then you're gonna look on a calendar. I'm a paper kind of girl. You know, if you want to do it on a virtual calendar, I think that's how the people are nowadays doing it. I'm a little old school acting that. And you're going to disperse your nine to 12 different buckets of information throughout that, okay? So if your theme is something like, well, we're introducing a new doctor, how does that work with a bucket of pregnancy? Well, here's a picture of our doctor, our new doctor, adjusting a pregnant woman. And here's a little fact. Did you know that they are certified in Webster technique? Whatever it is. How does it work with like research? Well, you could have a video of the new doctor talking about a piece of research. So you, you take your theme and then you overlay it all of your different buckets of information that you go to. Having those buckets right now are really nice. So you're not just sitting there going, going okay. Well, our theme is pregnancy. What do we do there? You know, okay, we're gonna do research, we're gonna do a pain, we're gonna do you know, a vitamin, it'll save you time. So you go like, this sounds like a lot. You have mentioned TikToks, Reels, IG Lives, videos, blogs. So let's talk about repurposing content. I could give like a whole hour long podcast episode just on repurposing content. So we're gonna keep it brief. Pay attention. Okay, so let's say you start with a blog. Okay, so you've decided your theme, you've mapped out your content. So start with something like a well written blog post. Okay, then 
you're going to put on the calendar where you're going to release that blog. It can be anywhere. Then what you're going to do is you're going to turn that blog post into a five minute summary video. Just you face to camera talking, basically summarizing what you just wrote in a blog. So then you're going to schedule to release that video another time throughout the month. Then you're going to turn that blog into an email. It could be a multiple part email if you wanted. So you're gonna take that same content, you're gonna turn it into an email, hey, did you see this blog I wrote? Then you're gonna take the information in that blog or that five minute video, and you're gonna turn it into five one minute videos. So now these are things that you're gonna release little tidbits, like little things, like if somebody doesn't watch the five minute video, they might watch the one minute video, or you can make five 30 second TikToks or reels, like don't, don't get overwhelmed. If you are not in the TikTok real world, you do not need to be. This is just for talking people who are like, okay, I need to level up. Don't go there if you're not ready. But then, you know, you turn that into a post. You Then you can turn the post into an Insta story or a Facebook story. So if you think that you need to come up with 25 ideas for a month and every time you're just going back to a completely new like no you're going to take the work that you've done repurpose it repurpose it use it copy and paste the paragraphs here turn it into 16 different posts like it's okay you might want to like judge the verbs like the words a little bit so it doesn't read like oh they, they just copied it but more than likely remember that you're lucky lucky if 5% of your followers see a post that you do. So if you're worried that you posted a blog post and then a week and a half later, you did a one minute video with like one piece of information from that blog post that they're going to be like, oh, boring. Like the chances that they even saw it are, you know, low. So once you have your plan, right? You've got like, all right, this is all the stuff. Then you're going to know like what kind of pictures you might need. Because if you turn that blog into like four or five different like content pieces, you're like, all right, well, I need a picture to go with this. So this is where you're going to delegate, um, or you can take your own pictures if you want. But I really like, my preference is to have a media day. Again, if that's just too much planning and you're not there yet, that's okay. But this would be something like, you would find the person who has the best phone in your clinic who works for you, okay? Because that's just going to save you a lot of time on editing. The newest phone, like the cameras that are on the newest iPhones, I don't have an iPhone, so are we like at iPhone 16? I, I have no idea. But the newest one and the most recent ones are really, really good. Um, they take professional photos. As long as you have enough natural light coming in, it's going to look like a great photo. So you would say like, okay, so you have your front desk. I need a picture of me adjusting a pregnant woman. I need a picture of you holding a baby. I need a picture of a bite, like, and you have your shot list. So then you don't waste time, you know, like, oh, hey, we have a pregnant woman coming in this afternoon. So when I have Samantha on the table, can you please, you know, we'll ask Samantha, hey, is it okay if we get a photo of the doctor adjusting you today? Um, Samantha's going to go, yep, because people are just used to this now. Like it, it used to be people are like, oh, what? Like now we're just used to it. Um, you know, you might want them to sign a waiver. That's on our paperwork in the beginning. Um, but you're not saying like, this is Samantha Nelson. She like, you don't need to say her name at all because again you want the piece 
to the person who's looking at the content to not really care about Samantha. They want to they care about themselves. So if they're pregnant, they want to see themselves in that. So a lot of times we don't even mention names. We'll just say like chiropractic can really help decrease birth and labor outcomes. Like, you know, whatever that is. So you have your media day where you might be doing all your videos. Like if, again, if that's not for you, if you know, like, all right, I need five one minute videos on this. I need two five minute videos on this. You just set your ring light up or you go in front of a mirror, you get your tripod, tripod all set up and you start talking and change your shirt if you want. Like, that's fine. Um, that people don't really care if you're wearing different shirts, but like do it if you want your content to look a little more like authentic and like you didn't have a media day. And then lastly, what you're gonna do is you're gonna use an app like Hootsuite. Um, that's my favorite one and you can plan. You can load all the content in, you can load all the videos in and you can say, this is going to release on this platform, this platform, like you can select multiple. So you're not going to Facebook, you're not going to Instagram. Hootsuite will send it out on the day and time. You can put two to three days of hardcore work in and not have to worry about creating content for the rest of the month. Now I almost said that you weren't gonna have to worry about logging in, but that's not true. <laughs> so finally, we've gotten to the point where you know what you need to do. You need to have entertaining content. You know how to make entertaining content. You know how to attempt to decrease the overwhelm and go into this with a plan. Now we need to figure out how to get the eyes on your content. So long answer short, you know is that if the content is good enough, the algorithm is going to help you out. But beyond that, there are some things that are actually in your control uh, besides just like paying for ads. Like obviously that's there, they're fantastic. Um, but here are some ways that you can kind of force your content in front of your audience besides paying for things. So one is gonna be to follow your followers. Um, again, this is so crazy how fast social media and people are like, well, HIPAA, I, I can't be friends with my patient. Okay, here's the deal. If my clinic follows Sam Nelson on Instagram, that does not tell anybody that Sam Nelson is a patient of mine. Now, I don't recommend that you go on her account and say, hey, Sam, you left something at my clinic. Like you can follow because you're going to follow your non-followers also. But part of social media is being social. And that means that you have to move past just them and what they can do for you. You need to get on there. So we follow like the small businesses in town. We share their information on our account. If somebody's doing a cool event, we share it. We, um, if we're going to get coffee, we'll make sure to take a picture, tag them and say like, thank you so much Badger Brew Coffee for fueling our afternoon shift. You're engaging with them. So follow as many people that actually can turn into patients as possible. So many times, chiropractors follow other chiropractors. And like, I like that because that means that other chiropractors are following my podcast. But like, realistically, if you want to turn social media into paying patients, like you need to make sure that you're seeking them out. Um, there are some very sneaky ways that you can do this, you know, like really go to the pages, the other businesses that your ideal person is following. 
Okay, so if your ideal person is a pregnant woman and there's a midwife in town or a baby shop, a local brick and mortar like baby gift shop, go to their followers. You're going to go to their page, click on who's following them. And those are likely going to be people who care about babies and pregnancy. And if they're local, follow them. It's not creepy. This is just how it works. I know it sounds creepy, doesn't it? So then you just want to engage with them. Um, engagement, again, we want it to be like four words, not just like a heart emoji or things like this. This would be like if um, one of your patients posts their newest family photo. You look so happy. The kids are getting so big. Like it's just meaningful things of like, looks like you had a great weekend. They're not things that are, you know, saying, telling the world that they're your patients, but you're just interacting with them. It gets them seeing you as someone who's gonna interact with them and actually trains them to start interacting with you. So another way to find your audience is hashtags, okay? You're not necessarily gonna use, hashtags is very much more a TikTok and Instagram thing. We want you using them, but use hashtags that matter. So here's what I mean by this. You can use the hashtag chiropractic. You can use the hashtag chiropractic rocks. You can use the hashtag first adjustment. Pediatric chiropractic, great. But like, if you think about how hashtags work, is what happens is, is, so let's say that I was following Target Fashion, okay? So this is, it's a real hashtag, okay? And I do follow it. So that means that if Suzy Q in Dallas is like a fashionista, I don't follow her on social media, but she uses the hashtag, I follow, I follow the hashtag. She can show up on my account even though I don't follow her. So if we think about this, how many people who are not chiropractors are following the hashtag chiropractic? Like, are you following the hashtag dentist? <laughs> like, no. So if you are blessed to live in a town more than 8,500 people, I'm lucky. You're lucky. I'm jealous. But like, so here are kind of hashtags that matter. Let's say you live in Dallas. It might be Dallas moms. Dallas Healthy Living, Holistic Moms of Dallas, like Dallas Healthy Birds. Like you want to make sure you're using the geography because then the people who are following you are actually people who live within a vicinity to come and drive and become patients at your clinic. So using those hashtags that matter. Um, also, when you are start typing in the hashtags, it will likely show you how many times this hashtag has been used. We want to go for a hashtag that's been used kind of at least five to 8,000 times and then under like 50,000. Those are loose numbers. If you use a hashtag, so like if I am trying to find um, somebody local and I use a hashtag that's been used three million times, hashtag joy, the chances that my post is going to get seen in front of the people I want it to are not likely. So when you use some of those smaller known hashtags, you're much more likely to actually get shown in the feed. And then one of the last ways is to really continue to train people to interact with you because when you do give a give, 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 ask, up until the point while you've been giving, 
you've been training them to actually do what you're asking to do. So one of the ways you do this is by responding to their comments. If you post something, whether it's on Instagram stories or on Facebook, I want you to respond to every single one and not just a heart emoji. Hmm. What this does on some of the more meaningless times, like I said, is it trains their brain that... <laughs> so this is where it gets like the social dilemma got a little like, yeah, this is the, this is the part of it of like, if you respond to them, it trains them that they will get a dopamine rush back by commenting on you because we get a dopamine little like surge when we get an alert on our phone that says so. So if I post on your content and then 20 minutes later or two hours later or two days later, like you don't need to have someone like uh, sitting and doing this. This can be done in 10 minutes once a week, going back over all your content and responding. Um, it's going to train them that like when I interact with that clinic, they interact back. And that tells me there's a real human behind there also. And so when it does come time to like, hey, I want you to start as a patient at my clinic because I know I can help you. They've already gone through this process of going like, there's a real human there that interacts with me. I trust them. I'm going to do it. So... Like I said, I could go on for a really, really long time on social media. Um, hopefully you got so much information out of this. I don't want you to feel bad no matter where you're at. Because like I said, social media can have this way of making you feel like there's always somebody doing so much better than you. Um, and what it does is it makes us feel bad. And then we don't show up as chiropractors, we don't show up with the message, like this inspiring thing that can change their life. Um, it can make you really feel like, well, I should be posting more of this, or I could have posted five times this week, but I only posted twice. And that overwhelm and that comparison, it's just, it's not doing you any, any good. So at risk of going over my time, I'm going to end with a story that will hopefully make you feel better about yourself. Um, and it is a story about my mom and Fred Barge. So hopefully this helps you make, makes you feel worthy as the chiropractor you are today, no matter what you're doing or not doing on social media. Okay, so my mom grew up in Onalaska, Wisconsin, and she was best friends with one of Barge's daughters. Now, <laughs> the way my mom tells this story is that this was back in the day when the drinking age was 18, so everyone was in the bars at 16. I don't know if that's true, this is how she tells the story. So one night, my mom and her friend were out drinking. They came home and rolled into bed. The next morning, they are awoken by a very, very angry Fred. So you see, <laughs> apparently, the way they were brought to a stop in their car was by gently driving across the front lawn and resting the bumper of the car against the tree in the front lawn. The front doors were both swung open still in the morning. They were left open all night. The car was still on and in drive. Thank God they made it to bed safely, right? So Fred is yelling at them for their like absolute inconceivable irresponsibility. My mom is hungover and has the audacity to ask Fred for aspirin. So, the way my mom tells this, 
is like, he got, like she said, as soon as she asked him for aspirin, you could see he, be, he like went to a different place, right? So I think we can all like imagine Fred going to like, he's angry, his kid did the stupid thing and he has this opportunity to educate someone on the negative side effects of medication. And so he became calm, he became eloquent, the way my mom tells it, he's like went on this whole spiel. So he's telling her, you don't need, like your innate intelligence will heal your headache, get on the table, I'll adjust you. To which my mom rolls her eyes, thinks he's a crazy person, gets in her car, goes home, and takes some medication and sleeps off her hangover. So my friends, let this be a reminder that there is so much that you can do on social media, and there is so much shooting and cutting and comparison that exists. But if Fred Barge, in person, cannot convert every patient to the true power of innate intelligence, don't expect your social media to. I love you so, so much. Thank you for taking this journey with me, if that's what we want to call it, on talking about social media. Um, I am here. Reach out to me, however you can find me on social media. I would love to continue the conversation and answer any questions you have. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you, Dr. Nona, for the stage. Hey, She Slayers, are you looking to get your team off the phone and streamline your front desk so you can spend more time doing what you love? SCED has exactly what you're looking for. They will automate all your appointment reminders, missed appointment reminders, reactivation campaigns, allow you to have two-way texting with your patients. Plus, they have a very cool app that your patients are going to love. The app alone saves chiropractors tons of time because it gives patients the flexibility to move appointments to a time that works better for them. Don't worry, you won't lose control of your schedule because you'll have access to all the parameters that keep you still in control. Plus, there's overbook protection, so your schedule won't get out of hand. SCED was created by a chiropractor for chiropractors, so you can rest assured that you're getting the absolute best system for your office. Dr. Eric Kowalki is committed to the chiropractic mission, and he works closely with his developers to always be innovative so that we have the best system available. If you're hesitant to switch to SCED because you already use something else, let me tell you, it's worth every penny. Plus, mention that you heard about it on my podcast and they'll give you a discount. Seriously, it is a game changer. Don't wait. <laughs>